Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes. This episode of Business Inspires is brought to you by the village of Marble Cliff. Small village, big thinking. Find everything you need at marblecliff.org. This is Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. To run a successful business, you need resources, valuable connections, and community recognition. Business Inspires will provide you with the tools, resources, and examples to inspire you to create the business you're envisioning. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Jake Kaufman, owner of Optimized Chiropractic in Upper Arlington. Welcome, Jake, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Stephanie. So, Jake, I remember the day that I met you. You stopped by the office here and uh, to introduce yourself, and you were looking for some information about the area. You had just moved here and were planning to open your business. How long ago was that now? Honestly, I think that was almost exactly a year ago because yeah. I opened in middle of April, and we had just moved here at the end of December, so it was probably so right around this time. just about a year ago. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. A lot has happened in that year, yeah, right? It's been, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's well, we're going to sure. come back to some of those details, um, but I, I want to say um, truly what a pleasure it's been getting to know you and watching you build your business. Um, it, it really has been great, and um, you've been, um, you know, a meaningful uh, member of the chamber as well and, and the things that you're doing with us and, and for us. So well, thank I you. I've really enjoyed and it, you. and it's really, it's been a blast. I really wanted to get involved with the community when I opened and the chamber has yeah. allowed me to do that and meet tons of people. Yeah. And it's, I had no idea what a chamber was. I heard, Hey, you should get involved. And it was so, it's been so much more than what I thought it could be. So yeah. it's, it's been great. Well, that's great. And you've been great for us. I have certainly learned a lot from you. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we're going to come back to, the, to, okay. to all that about your business, but I want to uh, start by asking you uh, a question that we ask all of our guests. And that is when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? And how does that tie into what you do today? Oh, that's a, um, that's a hard one because as a child, I wanted to do everything. I mm -hmm. wanted to be a weatherman. I wanted to be an architect. I wanted to be a doctor. Like I wanted to do everything. But what I really wanted to do, which I think this could tie into it, is I wanted to be a weatherman. And I wanted to be a weatherman because I was so scared of storms. So I grew up in, grew up in Oklahoma mm -hmm. and tornadoes are a thing there. Unlike yeah. here in Ohio. I mean, it's <laughs> we every, sometimes yeah. I was pretty afraid of them when I was a kid too. That was my thing. <laughs> yeah, that, But it's a weekend occurrence. It's like fall and spring. You're basically going to be in the shelter every other weekend. And I was just so terrified of them. So I wanted to learn about them and figure out what was going on. So up until probably middle school, I, my mom would buy me weather books and I would learn all about the different names of the clouds. And, uh, it wasn't until I got into middle school and high school that I realized I wanted to be in the health profession and help people. Mm -hmm. Um, but going, going back 
how it kind of ties into the business is as opening up a chiropractic office, a lot of the times you think, okay, I'm just going to be a chiropractor, but that's, you know, 20% of it. If that, I mean, there's the marketing aspect. Mm -hmm. There's the, you are your own financial person. I mean, you're doing all of it on when you open up. So going back and thinking, okay, I wanted to be everything when I was little. Well, now I'm, I kind of am everything <laughs> because it's you do true. so much yeah. with the practice that you don't even realize when you're opening a business that you're going to do and you make a plan and then you're like, scrap the plan and make a whole new plan because there's just so much more and such a learning process to go with it. That's true. Really for any small business, mm -hmm. if Absolutely. you're the owner, you, you were wearing every hat. Right. Doing yeah. a little bit of everything. For sure. Interesting. That's an interesting um, way to draw those comparisons. A weatherman, huh? Yeah, that was <laughs> forever I wanted to be. a wet, And I was just, it was just because I was afraid. And as soon as I quit being afraid of storms, I didn't want to be a weatherman anymore. So Interesting. Well, I wonder too, your interest. So, so there are a variety of different kinds of chiropractic care. Mm -hmm. I've learned that from you and, and the other chiropractors in the, in the chamber. Um, but yours is about data mm -hmm. and maybe, maybe there was something there too, like sort of gathering information, understanding, um, how it all works and, and, and piecing that all together. Yeah. Um, but tell us about your business, optimized chiropr chiropractic. So, um, so, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, I have to understand something before I can do it. And um, going into chiropractic, a uh, little backstory, I have uh, two uncles and a grandpa who are medical doctors. And when I told them I was going to be a chiropractor, they're like, no, you're not going to be a chiropractor because uh, my grandpa was um, a Dio in the mm -hmm. days of when chiropractors were looked down upon a lot. Mm -hmm. And so he was, you know, brought up that way in, in his profession. Uh, so I started looking at research and making sure that this is something that I could go into. Uh, and then I went into chiropractic college and then a year in, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I was going to drop out just right. because I felt like the research that I had read, we weren't getting taught in school and it wasn't being applied. And luckily I had a mentor there that I went and talked to. Um, and he said, well, there's a different part of chiropractic and it's upper cervical structural chiropractic. And I think you'll like it. And hmm. he said, you get one class of this. And then it's basically, you have to do all of the continuing education to learn more about it. And he said, there's a seminar this weekend in Vegas. So me wow. and six friends drove out to Vegas and I watched someone step up on a uh, structural analysis system and their weight was off six pounds to the left. And the guy that was teaching the seminar said, okay, this, this is over. His body's compressed this way. And we want to move that over to the right side. I want to put him at about two pounds to the right. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is, yeah, this is voodoo. Like there's no right. way he's going to do that. <laughs> and then I watched him do it. And I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And you're sold. Yeah. And I was absolutely sold. Like, okay, I can understand this and I can really get the data behind this. And that was the draw for me is growing up with uh, family members that are now very supportive of my choice, but that were like, why are you doing this? I want to be able to explain to my patients like, okay, this is, this is where you are. This is normal. Um, just like everything in the body, there's normal and the body has a normal alignment. 
And our goal is to get you to that normal alignment. And we have a process to get you to that normal alignment. And there's data behind it. Mm -hmm. And if someone comes in with, you know, three degrees head tilt and two degree hip tilt, it's going to take time, but we want to get that under one degree. And when that structures in its proper position, that's when the body can start to heal and we can get that to hold that position instead of going in and being like, okay, what's going on? I feel better, but I don't really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was the draw for me with optimized chiropractic and being able to start my own practice is I came from a practice that was opposite of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I was recruited down to Florida and learned very quickly that I wanted a lot more time with patients and I wanted patients to understand why and what we're doing and the methods behind it is because I think it makes sense. And if I want it to be able to make sense to someone, I don't want anyone ever to leave the office and be like, why, why am I here or why am I feeling better or not feeling better? Why is this taking longer than I thought? I just want to be able to answer their questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answered that question for no, you. Right no, you did all. a really great job. Yeah. And I, you know, as, as you're talking and thinking, I'm thinking about the weatherman, right? But mm-hmm. the, the science and the data, like uh, being a chiropractor and a, and a weatherman are two entirely different careers, right? Yeah. But it seems to me that that you are still playing to some of your um, sort of natural interests, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Science, absolutely. data, and understanding that that need to understand things mm-hmm. before you can either move on and not be scared of it anymore, or move on and and figure out how to um, uh, you know take care of your patients, yeah. right? Right. So, um, just uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about your your decision to to move here. I mean, you made a really bold move, right? So you're from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. From there, you moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. And then um, at a certain point from there, you decided to move here to Ohio where you really don't, you didn't know anybody here in Columbus, Ohio, right? Yeah. And you just did it. You started a business. Um, so what would you say are some of the most important steps that you took to, to get yourself there? Like, how did you do this? Yeah, I actually was talking to my fiance Sam about this just the other day. And I was like, we're, I was like literally insane. Like thinking back on it, I didn't slow down enough to get scared or worried. And now looking back almost a year, it's like, what did I, what did I do? You know? And, um, it, it really was being in a really bad situation in Florida. Um, like I said, I got recruited down there to practice and I was told it was going to be a very data driven practice. Mm -hmm. And it was the opposite of that. We spent like four minutes with patients. It was, um, more of your conventional chiropractic office. Um, and then I had the opportunity to open up and, um, we decided that we wanted to move up here closer to her family. And I'd visited Columbus once before we moved to the practice and moved up here. Uh, we, I remember we went to, for whatever reason, we went to Brassica and we went around the different areas. We have and, a new one here in the Tri-Village yes, area now. Yes, you do. <laughs> and I looked up the schools and I, cause that was a big part for me is that I want, you know, hopefully someday have kids, mm-hmm. um, and saw the upper Arlington and Grandview schools are like the top schools and great demographics. And I said, well, this kind of fits exactly the mold of what you want. And we love Columbus, so we just did it, you know. Yeah. And I, 
Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, honest, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, it's a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just like we just said a year ago that I met you. Yeah. Um, and then just a couple months later, you were you had your space and you had it all like fixed up and you you opened your doors. Yeah. Um, but but leading up to that, you know, it sounds like a whirlwind too, in a way, or mm-hmm. you know, just power through, right? Yeah. And and the the biggest part for me was meeting people in the beginning stages like yourself and Michelle who was here mm-hmm. and uh Derek Grosso who's the president or the CEO of uh, CYP club and just continuing to meet people mm-hmm. and build those relationships because that's what business is and at the end of the day it's all about relationships yeah and luckily I love talking with people and I love having coffee dates and just mm-hmm. learning about people. Yeah. And so that's been very helpful. Um, if I would have been an introvert at all, I don't know how it would have gone, but yeah. luckily I, I really enjoyed um, meeting people and learning about people's circumstances and what they're mm-hmm. doing with their businesses or, or life. Um, and then the other thing is I, I know, I guess probably the strongest thing that gave me the ability to open up was I knew that it worked. I knew that I had something that Columbus, Upper Arlington, Grandview could benefit from. And just that absolute 100% know that as soon as this gets big, it's going to take care of itself. As soon as I get five, ten people, you know, at that time, it's going to take off because no one else in Columbus is doing a data-driven approach. No Mm -hmm. one's doing a structural approach. No one. And so that, that was for me, I think maybe the biggest part was just the, the, blindness confidence, confidence yeah. of saying this is going to work because I know what I do works. Right. So that right. was, I think that's the biggest. Right. When well, I use you as an example, um, when I, when I'm talking to people sometimes, because I, I do reflect back and think about you walking in into the office that, that day that we met you and, um, and sort of telling your story. And then from there, you spent a lot of time getting to know people, um, you know, not just here at the chamber, but the um, CYP and, and other organizations that you joined, and, and and then you know opening day in your office, and there was a crowd of people there, and you'd only been in Columbus a few months at that point, and um, the number of people that that you had met and um, you know established relationships with who really were there in support of you, and and I really loved seeing that, and I think um, it's a perfect example of how to get things started in my mind. Um, Thank you. You did it really well. And, uh, and I do, I use you as an example and, and I think about that. And, and like I said earlier, I've learned a lot from you just observing how you've moved forward in really such a short amount of time. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been so incredible how welcoming people are here in upper Arlington and Mm -hmm. Grandview and the marble cliff. And that's something that, has made this process so much easier is because people it's a very startup entrepreneurial friendly environment Mm -hmm. so people want to learn about it what you're doing and people are so friendly i mean it's just the that midwest culture of people people like to help people and that's been such a huge component is meeting so many people that are just nice good people in this area yeah 
Yeah, so it's a lot I, of support. Yeah, a lot yeah. of support from people that, you know, a year ago I had no idea who they were. Right, so right. So that's, that's been right. awesome. Right, it's mm-hmm. so true. Um, well, that's a kind of a good segue um, into the, the next question I wanted to ask you because we've talked a lot about um, mentors in the past, and I know that you have some that you really value. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the importance of, of having a mentor or mentors. It's key. It's absolutely, you have to have a mentor when you're starting a business. My mentor that I have is not a chiropractor. He is a business guy and he is very successful. He's actually my fiance's um, father. Mm -hmm. And he was really good at keeping everything realistic and letting me know, okay, it's going to, everything is going to cost about three times as much and take us about twice as long as you think it is. And, you know, vetting through different processes and the systems and procedures and the practice and making sure that, you know, this is this can work and this is the time and have the timing down and having, you know, someone there to call and say, hey, I don't know if I'm going to make rent this month because I just opened, you know, and him being like, hey, it's going to work out and talking you through that stuff. And then. You know, four people show up, and so it's 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 right. interesting, but I, it's it's absolutely key in any, not just in business, but in life, to have someone that you can go back to and say, "Hey, this has gotten tough. I don't know what to do." Right. And luckily, he's been that for me. Right. I mean, I can call him anytime, and he's just very sincere. And he's very straightforward. So is not a guy that right. is going to, you know, pat you on the back not sugar and coated, say, right? hey, everything's awesome. Everything's great. It's more of, okay, well, what's your next step? What mm-hmm. are you going to do now? Um, what do you think is happening? And just really talking you through it. And sometimes it's stuff you already know. It's just having that, that person to bounce it right. back and forth off of. Right. Uh, and then when it comes to chiropractic, I had a group of, of docs that I talked to before I opened. Um, and basically was able to grab parts of their practices that I liked and put it into my practice. And that was very helpful because I took a lot of different ideas and put it into one as far as how the practice flows and the type of people I take care of and the the data aspect of it and just created what I thought would be my dream practice, and it, and it has been so far. I, I, I was told by chiropractors, like, you don't want to set up a practice like you want to right now. You want to set up your practice how you want it in 10 years. And so that was my whole goal of everything, mm-hmm. was to not, you know, discount rate super low, to just get as many people as I can in the door, but I'd rather, you know, build relationships with people and have them understand the process and, you know, be out in the community and build a practice that I'm going to enjoy going to every day and not kill myself by being so busy and so stressed out, but build something that's more sustainable right. and long-term. So kind of requires being patient in absolutely. that regard, yeah. right? Patience is absolutely. <laughs> you got absolutely it started really true. quickly and now uh-huh. you have to be really patient, yeah. right? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's very, you know, it's a slow process, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, I don't want to say so easy, but coming from that practice in, in Florida where I was working 60 to 80 hours a week and was told, Hey, this, this, these are your numbers you have to hit. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And it was never about the patient. And so that kept me up at night because I felt like I was doing a disservice. 
and that's why I left. And now I sleep like a baby, obviously, because I'm from <laughs> the work, but also because there's just no, I know that when I go into the office, what I'm doing is just 100% in line with with me. Yeah, and it's so authentic, that makes, right? Yeah, it's authentic, and it, it makes it so much easier to just tell someone what you're doing, and, and the whole process just is so much easier and so much more of a flow than right than in the past right that's really um i think valuable um insight in in terms of when you're when you're planning your business don't plan it for now but plan it for 10 years ahead and to try to to think about all the things that that could come along i mean who knows really what could come along and, oh, absolutely uh, but but to just try to take so many more things into consideration than you might if you were just thinking about you know, in the minute or mm-hmm. in the day right now. Um, and I think also, uh, you know, having mentors outside your particular profession is is also really smart. And, and I know, uh, you know, even when I started um, thinking about uh, ideas for the chamber here, I sought advice from other industries, you know, people in other industries, not, I mean, some are chamber members, some are not, but, yeah. But not necessarily other chamber executives. Mm-hmm. Yes, some, but uh, in other similar but different kinds of um, organizations, because I think we can learn from those those types of organizations and, and businesses as well. Um, so it's really smart of you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, what would you say is the best advice that someone gave you when you said, "I'm going to do this"? Probably the patience. You know, we were talking about that and just being patient with it Mm. and understanding that it is a process and that when you open a business, no matter how hard you work and how good of a business you run, if you're wanting to get people in the right way and help people the right way, it's going to take time and building relationships takes time and building a brand takes time. And just knowing that it's going to pay off, it's going to work. And luckily it is now, but Mm -hmm. just that, that don't stress out so much because it wasn't happening right away. Um, and that was, you know, if I wouldn't have gone in with the mindset of like, Hey, this is going to work, just be patient. Then, I mean, I would have driven myself crazy because you have to, you have to be realistic. And that doesn't mean you don't push and strive and work extremely hard, but you have to be realistic with what is going to happen. And, you know, it's the, the saying hope for the best and plan for the worst. I think that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to business, you do, you really do. You have to look at all the variables and see what could happen And then just plan and do everything you can to keep it on track and that it goes the right way. Right. Right. So that patience is, I think that is key and, you know, and having someone again that you can call and say, what's going on. And that confidence and the plan that you've Mm -hmm. put together that like, okay, I know it's going to work. Right. 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 And that's the thing when you, when you have, obviously I'm not selling a product, but when you have a, a product per se that, you know, works, then that patience comes a lot easier. Because then it's just, it right. just takes time, yeah. Right, and, because um, you do. You have that, that product that you believe in mm-hmm. and the confidence in it. So I can be patient because I'm confident. Exactly, and, yeah. exactly. 
So let's talk a little bit about um, your brand and the marketing. Um, you have a blog, right? Mm -hmm. And you're really great on social media. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I know another thing that we've talked about is uh, how important it is to you um, safety in especially youth um, athletics, mm -hmm. youth sports, um, football in particular. Um, so you sort of have a passion for, for making um, sure that, that there are safe measures taken for, for mm -hmm. um, athletics. How are you using um, all of these things to, to kind of set yourself apart and, and market your business? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, probably the, the biggest aspect I would say is, you know, when it comes to the, the data driven aspect of the practice mm -hmm. and the measuring before and after and showing someone how their body is changing and, and improving, you can't just show someone, Hey, this is a change. They have to understand why that is impactful. And so my biggest, one of my biggest things is the education piece and helping people understand how vital and important the neck is. Um, because, you know, a concussion injury happens at around 94 G's of force, um, which is a pretty big impact. And a whiplash injury happens at around 4 G's of force. So Say that again. Did you say 90 and then 4? Yes. Wow. So when someone sustains a concussion, it's nearly impossible for them not to injure their neck. Sometimes they don't, but it's really hard for them not to. So oftentimes when someone's going to concussion protocol, um, the neck gets left out. And because of the neurology in the neck and the biomechanics in the neck, the neck is extremely important for that healing process because you have the cerebral spinal fluid, you have the nerves, you have the blood flow, you have all of that that have to communicate and function with the brain. And after someone gets, you know, a whiplash injury, they quit moving their neck as much because it's painful. Um, and that motion is what drives that cerebral spinal fluid and helps the brain heal properly and function properly. So all of a sudden, you know, they could have symptoms that are being exacerbated because they don't have that proper function in the neck and with the neurology, the biomechanics of the neck. So it's, it's teaching about that and let, getting that information out there um, and talking with ath athletic trainers and athletic directors about the importance of the neck. And, and not going towards them and being like, Hey, I want to get in there and take care of all your kids. It's, you just need to look at it. You just need to make sure that they have, you know, proper range of motion, that they don't have headaches, dizziness, um, neck pain before they start their season, because those are all indicators that they're going, they're more likely to have a concussion. Uh, and so that's been my, one of my biggest things is that education and then staying current with the research and the literature mm -hmm. and reading, you know, multiple research articles every week and making sure that I am up to date so that when I have those conversations that I can let them know, okay, this is where, where we are and where the science is and making sure that they have the most accurate, um, tools necessary mm -hmm. for, for the kid's safety. And, and I feel like that's one of the, the biggest things that needs to be improved is that preseason evaluation. And it's gotten better. It's gotten mm -hmm. so much better. Yeah. But it, it always can continue to improve and, and get better. So when it comes to 
to the the brand back to the back to that mm-hmm. it's i mean that education piece i think is so important because i think that's empowerment and you want your you want the world to be empowered but it starts at a small level and you want your patients to be empowered and you want to be transparent and be able to answer all their questions mm-hmm. and i i try to through social media or whatever create that of I'm here for questions and I'm open and I tell all my patients, you know, every single question that you ask, I should be able to answer or I should be able to get the answer for you. And that's just how I operate. I, I, I think when working with a medical professional or a health professional, your health in my mind is the most important thing you have. And when it's gone, it's gone. And you should be able to work with someone that is able to answer your questions and help you every step of the way. Um, what do you think your biggest challenge has been in owning your own business? Biggest challenge? That's a good question. The biggest challenge has probably been that differentiation because there's a lot of chiropractors in Upper Arlington. Trying to separate yourself. And mm-hmm. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. in Grandview. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do something very very different. You know, you have the conventional musculoskeletal, which is the majority, and they're focusing on decreasing range of motion, decreasing pain, decreasing muscle spasms. And then you have us where we're measuring pre and post. We're looking at the autonomic nervous system and measuring it with, you know, research level mm-hmm. data and analysis. And so that has been the biggest, uh, I would say the biggest, not struggle, but challenge yeah. is. So it ties back to the education that ties, you were just talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it ties is, back to the education. Um, so when you have a, a, a challenge like that or anything mm-hmm. else, what, what do you talk to yourself about? How do you persevere? How do you stay on task and, and move forward? You just keep going. I, I, I mean, I know that's a simple answer, but it comes back to knowing what you're doing works and not stopping because with a business if you stop that's you start going backwards i think of it like swimming as soon Mm -hmm. as you quit swimming (laughs) you start sinking right and it's the same thing with a business well and that's obviously very very important right Mm -hmm. you can't (laughs) nobody wants to there's no other option right there's no other option um so what if any do you feel like um are sacrifices that you have to make either personally or professionally when you start and and run your own business? Basically the first time my fiance and I've lived in the same city. So, you know, going out to events until eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, waking up at 4am and getting to the office at six since we open at six and not seeing her nearly Mm -hmm. as much as I'd like to with it, this being our first year in our same city. Right. Um, I, th- I think personally that's been the toughest challenge for me. Luckily she's amazing and awesome. <laughs> so she gets it that, you know, we're building a business, but that's definitely been, been the toughest is not being able to be around as much as mm-hmm. I want. And I mean, we still get to hang out and see each other all the right. time, but it's not, not as much as I'd like to, you know? So right. I think that personally, that's the, the, the biggest struggle. Yeah. Um, and what was the other question? Well, just um, sacrifices. Sacri- so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you. Yeah. That and then, um, you know, family's in Oklahoma. So you can't get back and see right. family that much when you're, when you're working to grow right. a business. But again, it's, it's a sacrifice, but 
it's that thing of someday it you're going to look back and that that was nothing. You know, a year yeah, in time, blip in time. When you yeah. hopefully live to ninety is is nothing. Right. You know, so it just you just right. have to go through it and do it and. Once sort of build done, that foundation. And, yeah, build that foundation. Absolutely. So, time management. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you um, do you struggle with time management, or it's just that there's uh, so much to do, and and you're a one man show right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you're open, it's it's you. Yeah. Um, how how do you how do you manage your time, or or do you think do you see it changing? I guess you know if. I would hope so, so yeah. that you have more time um, for your personal life. Um, but how do you foresee that that happening? I wish I could say I'm amazing at time management. <laughs> I could say I've gotten a lot better. Uh, I still struggle with putting time at what's most important because I like research too much. So I will see a research paper and sit down and start reading it and start making notes and start thinking about neurology and mm-hmm. and it'll be in 2 hours later. Right, a rabbit hole. <laughs> I'll be like that was a waste of time, which it wasn't a waste of time, but maybe you didn't a, need to do it right then. Yeah, there, and yeah. and I think that's one of the huge parts is putting stuff on uh like prioritizing yeah, is or, prioritizing or, yeah. what you need to get done. And I've gotten a lot better at that, but I think that's something that I absolutely need to improve on. But when it comes to getting like, there's always something to do. And that's, that's the thing right. is there's always the next thing that you have to do. So you just stay, you just stay busy because there's always something to do. Right. I don't know if I think that yeah. might have answered your question. Yeah. yeah, you're just always busy. Yeah, you're just yeah, you <laughs> just, just keep, busy. keep going. Yeah, yeah. when you're a one man show, like mm-hmm. it's it's you or nothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you were going to do this all over again, is there anything you'd do differently? I don't know if I would. I I could do a lot of things differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that those things that I could do could be a lot better, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would have learned what I have mm-hmm. to this point. Um, from a business aspect, I think I spent some marketing money where I, I should have just saved that and spend it on other, you know, other mm-hmm. things, more community involvement mm-hmm. because I learned that it's all about relationships and you can do, you know, advertising all you want, but if you don't have a strong foundation, of building those relationships it doesn't right. matter and it wasn't that that money was wasted but now it's realizing that it's it's all about relationships right. and education and having people understand and so i think that's maybe what i, I would have done yeah is but you learned from yeah it exactly too. so, so it's, it's like you don't that, yeah, yeah. you don't know if you would change it or, or not yeah but yeah, i think that maybe that would sense. be the only thing is um but besides that i I got lucky in a lot of places and I think that that has a lot to do with it is is I just got I got lucky with them some things when it comes to the flow of the office and mm-hmm. the data turning out that yeah this this can improve <laughs> really nicely and being able to show someone that mm-hmm. um when it comes to you know alignments balance their autonomic nervous system so I got lucky in a lot of 
places that yeah. everything worked. Well, I think that um, you know when it, when I think about how how quickly your business came together from mm-hmm. uh, like. January to April or February to April, something like that. It seems like it went boom, 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 boom. But you strike me as someone who probably thinks a lot. Um, so while it moved quickly, I got to believe that you thought about it a lot, like every day in Florida when you were there and, you know, even when you were still in school, probably oh, just yeah. kind of thinking about the vision for yourself. So mm-hmm. um, I think that sometimes when you, uh, uh, Things seem to move quickly. It's it doesn't um, reflect all of the time and thought that really went into oh, it. Oh, absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was. Yeah, you're right. It's always yeah. always thinking yeah. and writing notes Your and mind doesn't stop. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap up with my final question, and that is, how do you define success, and how do you know when you've achieved it? I think success is growth, growth in professional personal spiritual life um i i am under the belief and you know i'm I'm 28 so i don't have everything (laughs) figured out by any any means but i think that you have to be growing for for myself my success i have to be growing in all three to feel successful and i think as soon as someone as soon as i stop growing in one of those areas i stop being successful and obviously wealth and money is important, but you see miserable millionaires and billionaires. And from what my mentor has also shared with me is that, that it really is all about growth. So as long as you're continuing to grow in some aspect of your professional life, uh, and which I'll always have the ability to do with my practice with publishing research, um, and then on a on a personal level, the relationships that I have with people and the people around me and building, you know, great, sincere, authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is spiritual. You know, I, I think that whether you're a Christian or a Buddhist or you're atheist, whatever, I think that there's a spiritual part of self-development and understanding yourself and that I feel like all fits under that spirituality that you have to be continuing to grow and ask questions about yourself as well. And I don't think success is something we achieve. I think it's something that we're, we go through and we're always striving for because I feel like the people that are like, Oh, I'm successful. That's when you start getting sad and you start getting depressed because you stop growing Mm -hmm. and you don't have that change to look forward to that's i don't know right well it's a it's a great model for balance Mm -hmm. to you know recognizing that those are the three things that that um are most meaningful to you Mm -hmm. and and hopefully being able to recognize when something's uh lacking right and and a a way to kind of give yourself a wake-up call to to get yourself in balance yeah and that's i mean that's the hard thing about starting a business is one or two of those goes on the back burner for right, a little while right. and being cognizant of, okay, those are, those are lower and we're going to have to pick those up. Right. And eventually but it's temporary. But right. It's temporary. I mean, I think exactly. that's, that's the thing too, is recognizing sometimes it, it almost has to be out of balance just mm-hmm. for, for a minute. Um, but recognizing that it's temporary and catching yourself and saying, okay, it's time to bring those things back into Absolutely. balance. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, Jake. Well, um, congratulations on, on you. your business and the success that you've had so far. And um, before we go, though, let's let our listeners know how to find you. 
So you can find me on the web at optimizedcolumbus.com. You can call us at 614-769-7831 if you want to just come in and chat. We do complimentary consultations. It's just a conversation, no commitment, just to learn more about our data-driven structural approach. And then we are on Instagram at optimize underscore chiropractic. And then we also have a YouTube channel, which I believe is just optimized chiropractic, where I, I try to put out a weekly video on research and chiropractic and some of the, the cool stuff that we're doing in the office as well. That's awesome, Jake. Thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. It's been a Thank pleasure. You, yep. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, and listening to Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. Our innovative and active chamber is successful because of our smart and engaged members who cultivate our strong business community. With more than 60 years as an integral part of the Grandview, Upper Arlington, and Marble Cliff communities, the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership is dedicated to a single purpose, the success of the business community. You can find a link to our website in the podcast notes to learn more about the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. For information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast, our contact information is in the podcast notes. Make sure you rate and review our podcast on iTunes. That helps us spread the word about Business Inspires. At the Bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Oh, I found one of our new Vauxhall Griffin editions. Yes, what comes as standard? Standard? Well, alloy wheels, sat-nav, aircon, DAB radio, Bluetooth, smartphone projection and USB connection. Wow. Is that everything? Sorry, forgot the colour touchscreen. Buy a new Griffin Edition, Adam, Astra, Corsa or Mocha X Plus and get a whole host of features as standard. The Griffin Edition range. All Griffin, no bull. Visit your nearest retailer now. Vauxhall, British brand since 1903. Participating retailers only. Limited units while stocks last.